Good evening, Vancouver. Now, welcome back to Canucks After Dark, March 6th edition. Uh, both of us from our non-normal uh, spaces. Uh, we are coming to you right after a Canucks win over the Nashville Predators and uh, a pretty bad week for the tank and a pretty interesting week overall for this NHL hockey team. But as always, joined by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? Parker, can you hear me? Can you see me? I can hear you and see you. Okay, I can hear you and see you. Well. So I'll tell everyone where I am. Then if you want, you can divulge where you are. I'm happy we can do a show. Just like the Canucks game started late, we are starting late. I was there. I was, uh, yeah, I was there with Lucas. Had a great time with him. Saw Canucks win. I'm not sure what I want anymore because that was pretty darn entertaining, actually. And I, so I'm at my office because uh, if you waited for me to get home, I think you'd probably be sleeping already. So all in all, things are good. Kids crushed it at a bowling tournament over the weekend, and we got to spend more money to go to a national tournament, but I'll worry about that later. Life is good. Thank you for asking, and I hope life is good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm on vacation here uh, in <laughs> sunny, not super warm California, but uh, it is nice to be on a on a little bit of a vacation. And um, we have NHL Center Ice down down here, so we do Sweet. have <clears throat> we do have all of the uh, all the hockey and a couple of good hockey, like fun hockey games to actually watch. You know, regardless of the result, regardless of what you're cheering for, um, that game against the Leafs was actually like a really fun, entertaining game before the two shorthanded goals and. And this one sort of fit that same bill. So at least, yeah. you know, a bit of a plus side uh, for the people on Team Tank, myself included. Um, and uh, yeah, pretty a pretty decent week for the Canucks uh, on the ice. And then we obviously have some off-ice stuff to talk oh, about yeah. as well. Speaking of decent, uh, Fangirl says, I love your microphone. I, look, you look like you're going to bust out a rhyme or something or start, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. the last thing you should expect. By the way, uh, not something we don't expect. Uh, Lucas, thank you. I spent the night with him. That didn't sound right. I spent the game with him. Lucas, $7 donation. That was awesome. What a game. Yes, Lucas is on the Jumbotron. Thanks for your t- no problem. Looking forward to a great show tonight. Yes, I Parker and me as well. Um, by the way, uh, Lucas was on the Jumbotron for extended like 20 seconds. And because I was beside him, you just see my head like in the corner. But he was giving it. And I credit Lucas for the Canucks-inspired um, um, performance in overtime in the shootout. Let's put it out there right now. Well, that's 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 awesome. Glad you guys got a had a good fun experience. I was it was huddled up on the couch with some pizza and <laughs> a bit of a different vibe. But there you go. Yeah, it's a, uh, definitely definitely a fun one. Um, I mean, as always, this one might this show just so everyone knows. You know, we you know, already sixty people in here that were waiting uh, very patiently, wow. and we're sorry for the delay. But you know, Clay Thank was you. at the game. There was overtime. There was a shootout. It's a mess, right? So um, we're going to probably cut this one a little bit short, maybe around 1130, maybe just after, uh, just mm-hmm. because I, I'm barely keeping it together as is. Uh, and then we can, uh, we obviously have a bunch of stuff to get into, right? We've got the Ronick trade, Ronick, Ronick, I always say Ronick as if it's like Jeremy Ronick, but um, <laughs> the Philip Ronick trade, yeah. uh, we've got the Luke Shen trade that we, we haven't talked about yet. That happened on Tuesday. Um, yeah. and then the last three Canucks games to talk about as well. And, and maybe just some other general trade line thoughts, uh, trade deadline thoughts. Cause there was a bunch of stuff that happened around the league in the past week or so. Wow. Uh, yeah. So this is probably the wrong show to cut short, but we don't want to be going past 1130 too far. So <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how we do. I can always sure. I can see how, if I can power through. Okay. I'll just sleep here and I'll wake up tomorrow morning. My workmates will come to the office, say, Hey, and I'll be wearing this. Jersey, so. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Um, where do you want to start? Do we want to start with the games or do we want to start with the, the trade and, and everything else that happens? You know, week? I, I think actually it, because we're coming off a game, we might as well go a quick post game, like quick, this game, go backwards quickly, go Toronto, uh, barely Minnesota, and then go to trade deadline. I think that makes the most sense. I think so. Yeah. And that yeah. Minnesota game is not going to take up any time. I don't yeah, think. Exactly. Um, I didn't Can, see it. Rizov is good. There, we're done. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, so this game tonight, uh, Canucks, Predators, um, a game that you know, coming into the game, odds wise, dead even. Um, at least when it was Demko that was rumored to start, and then uh, Colin Delia, I guess, was sick. Seelovs gets the emergency call up and actually gets the start, which I thought was was pretty interesting. Um, and uh, yeah, first period starts out pretty strong. You get Elias Pettersson, uh, with probably the best wrist shot he's ever taken. Uh, it was like on TV, you couldn't tell it went in, but like you yeah. knew it went in, right? It was like, yeah, same live, man. Same live. It was right in front of me, and it was so yeah. good. 
I thought it hit the post. I actually thought it might have hit the goal even. Like it was that fast. Yeah, it literally hit just hit the top corner post, yeah. rung around the entire back bar and, and kicked out. Uh just just a sick shot. It's his three hundredth point. It's his thirtieth goal of the year. Uh, and coming off of you know the season he had last year and and how dreadful the first half was, just I mean he's he's an absolute phenom, right? I mean he's gonna yeah. he's on pace to score forty this year. Uh, he's got you know a, a ton of points. He's you know a, could be a selkie candidate if the Canucks were any good. Um, <laughs> Pedersen is just having a, a absolute insane season. Yeah, and uh, even that nice pass from Kuzmenko, he um, a lot of players would rush that or not have the confidence, but he uh, he held it for that split second, waited for PD to get into position, and it was a, a bullet of a pass through the seam, and yeah, the shot and no doubter, pretty cool, pretty cool. So on yeah. a, a, the night, the game after Hughes gets the, what is the fastest defenseman ever to two hundred assists, then yep. PD has his three hundred point. That's two pretty cool milestones back to back. Yeah, two very very good players. Um, yeah. And then it was like 37 seconds later or something like that. I think maybe even less than that. Yeah, 27. They're announcing seconds. the goal when they score. I hate those. Yeah, that's not a good feeling. Uh, Colton Sissons the other way. Uh, I don't really remember this goal. Um, uh, this one. Oh, shoot. I can't remember. Oh, either, that I... was the was it the one that um, uh, sort of had a weird bounce. Everyone was looking the wrong way and he just skated out and had a, had a wide open net with the puck in the crease. No, that was the, actually the the first Evangelista goal. Actually, oh no, no, you're oh. right. No, right, you're right. It was this one because I think Myers thought it was going to be offside. That's right. I mean, right. I thought it was going to be icing, so he slowed down and he got and mad it, after the yes. Yeah, yes, it was like yes. a fifty-fifty icing. They didn't call yes. it, and uh, yeah, he gave up on it. Fun fact: the couple sitting in front of Lucas and me were were given tickets by Patty O'Neill, the trainer, but they are really good friends, or they're like the neat nephew, uncle and aunt of. Citizens, which is pretty cool. So they're waving at him all game. They're happy for him. It's pretty cool. That is very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we get a pug goals and tip uh, with about nine minutes to go. So the Canucks go into the the second period up a goal, um, you know, fairly even period. It felt like shots were 10, eight, um, nothing to nothing too crazy. Second period, not much happens. Anything of note? Nothing. Uh, right. no. Uh, was that the fight? Was that the JT Miller it fight? It might have been the JT Miller fight. Yeah, so that Miller makes sense because they'd be yeah. going that way, I think. Yeah, because they're behind the whose net were they behind now? I don't I remember. remember. Me neither. All I know, I'm just looking at it real quick. The penalties, yes, it was the JT Miller fight. So when I first when I saw it happen, and that was also my end of the rink, Parker, I thought that Smith was just wailing on him for no reason but then i saw that miller actually initiated with a quick shot <laughs> yeah and it looked like it, they, they mentioned on the broadcast it looked like sort of retaliatory um uh, for what cole smith had done the previous play okay uh, I did not earlier that, in their yeah. shifts uh yeah. i think on on some i don't remember who it was on but there was okay. a bit of a weird shot given and and uh, miller sort of took a number and uh yeah. i went after him Right, right. Okay, so yeah, it was good to see. Uh, I think Miller ate a couple, but he at least he ended up on top at the end. <laughs> yeah, he landed the big ones. That's yeah. what counts. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, you're right. Not not a lot going on in that period. Yeah, and then we go third period. We have Dakota Joshua getting his ninth goal of the year. Kind of surprising. Yeah. I mean, I think he had a game early in the season that he had two, and yeah. uh, he had like three goals in three games, something like that, which obviously helps. But he's Sweet up to feet nine. Sweet feet from your favorite player. Sweet feet from your favorite player. Neil yes. Yeah. Yeah. Neil Zaman has been uh, looking pretty good these last couple of games. I will say, um, good yeah. for him. Yes. I'm glad to glad to see that. Uh, and then Nashville's Luke Evangelista gets his first career goal, uh, yes. and it wouldn't even be his last goal of the game because uh, he tied it with what was it three minutes to go ish. Um, yeah, and I'm just watching that one. Uh, like, so someone have, he kind of cut a car across the crease and. Should someone have taken him? I don't know. That was weird. Yeah, I don't remember it exactly. Yeah, um, scramble play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a, a bit of a mess. Um, yep. But yeah, Evangelista yep. gets his second uh, of the game, which is kind of on brand for the Canucks, giving up career milestones or first career goals to players. Um, Very generous. Overtime, overtime comes and goes. Nothing too special. Canucks were the better team in overtime. I think shots were like 4 nothing, right? Yeah, yep. Canucks have shot him four nothing in overtime. Had all the play, and then we go to a shootout, and uh, Silovs is perfect. 
I was pretty impressed. He's uh, he's quick. Uh, he covers up the bottom of the net. Yeah, I think weren't all three saves. I know the first one he was sprawled out. I can't remember the other yeah. two. Um, but yeah, he's good. Bottom of the net, and really he had, good. He had one really good, I think, third period save, or maybe OT save on. No, I think it was third period on Duchesne. Yes. Um, yeah. Sliding uh, to his glove side, that was really good as well. I think he's three and two now, right? Does that sound right? I think he was two and two when he got sent back down. So then he's three. That and two. sounds plausible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And then uh, did you uh, – I Kuzmenko, he always shoots to the goalie's left side, his right side. He likes that quick snapshot. Um, but uh, obviously, UC Star was a very good goalie. And then JT Miller's attempt wasn't no, – I can't remember. But Petey's was nice. Petey's was really Miller's nice. almost snuck through. Miller oh, oh, that's right. his classic sort of cut across, and Saros had to panic a little bit. But, yeah. yeah, he yeah. A, and they put Evangelista in there for the shootout, which you have to do. Um, and then, yeah, Patterson just beat some five-hole. Yep, it was, it was nice. It was beautiful. That all the all the goals and fights were in, in, on our side, Parker. I was pretty lucky, actually. That is the best when when <laughs> happens on your side of the rink. Absolutely, yeah. Yes, it was good. It was good. Uh, any other takeaways? Uh, uh, did you even know who Luke Evangelista was before tonight? Sure didn't. Me neither. Me neither. Um, a couple of people mentioning in the chat that Besser had three block shots, which is pretty good. Um, That's and, nice. Yeah, Joshua and Miller seven hits each. Drives and DJ Seppi five hits each, and then Burrows five hits. So, that's a lot of hits. 42 hits, man. 42. That is a lot of hits. Yeah, uh, yeah 42 to 19. 19 wow. shots to nine. Uh, 19 shots blocked to nine. Um, yeah, Canucks had Canucks were, were making their presence felt tonight. Uh, it was yeah. a pretty even hockey game, exactly yeah. as advertised. Um, you know, also a good night on the out of town scoreboard, at least to make up for the win as uh, Chicago, <laughs> uh, Chicago got the win and San, San Jose, Jose got the yeah. OT with a nice your, little, uh, your tweets, those are yeah. tying it late. Um, again, we have center ice here. So I just, we've, I've just been flipping between all the tank games the last couple of days, uh, in the evening when it gets a little too chilly to be outside. So, um, Love it. been, been keeping track and, uh, yeah. unfortunately the Canucks have been picking up points as well, uh, for the Bedard watch, but, uh, yeah, fun, pretty, pretty fun hockey game. As I was racing here, Parker from the arena, uh, not speeding, but racing, if that makes sense, uh, getting here efficiently. They were talking in the post game sports at 650. How obviously we, we've talked about how our defense is Hughes, Myers, and a bunch of other guys, Burroughs, Breezeball, Jolson, and Wolanin on tonight's. And they talk about how the first half of the first period, the, the four guys, especially the, the non regulars, were quite shaky. But then they they got better as the game went on, except for Breezeball's uh, muffin up the up the gut for the tying goal. <laughs> I think he was trying to feed Krasov. Uh, I actually I don't know what he was doing. Was he trying to feed someone? Yeah, I think so. And he just, it must have, but it, yeah. it it didn't seem very great to me. It wasn't as bad as Cody Glass's giveaway in the first. Yeah, um, that was just right on the tape of JT Miller uh, in the slot. But yeah, um, yeah, it's still not ideal. Yeah. So overall, so uh, yeah. You know, say what you want. Uh, we're smart enough to realize that every win, us, uh, this game, being in Toronto, it it hurts our chances, so to speak. But when you're in the arena and, and you're in the middle of overtime and shootout, like, I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of people actively cheering for them to lose once you right. get to that point. But so it was an entertaining game at the at the Raj overall. Excellent. Uh, let's go back in time. Two days. Yeah. Saturday. Hockey in Canada. 4 p.m. start uh, against the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Um Probably one of the most entertaining games of the season. And, and again, barring the result, um, it was just like fun hockey. The Leafs were the better team for a lot early and the Canucks yeah. battled back um, and, and got some bounces. But yeah, it was a, it genuinely had like a, a, a very good vibe to it. Some good energy. I know, Parker, I was watching my kids bowl that day, so I did not see the game. Did you watch it live from holiday even? I did. Yes, yeah. that was uh, that was appointment viewing. Good uh, here. Um, did Luke Shen? Did Luke Shen um, play? Not uh, he's not a dirty player, but did he play aggressively? I heard. Did he lay out a couple of hits or try to? He started. He started pretty aggressively. Yeah, he uh, he <laughs> threw first shift. He, he I think he was credited with two or three hits on the first shift. Wow. Um, he had a big hit on JT Miller early, mm. uh, and someone else early. Um, but yeah, he was he was trying to to make his presence felt. The thing is, he ended the game with three shifts. So I think he had two on the first shift, or three. Okay. Ended the game with three hits. I think he had two of those on the first shift. Right. Um, but yeah, he started out pretty aggressively. Um, 
Yeah, Canucks got outplayed pretty handily. I mean, shots were 14 to 5 in the first period. Wow. Um, but no goals. Demko was fantastic. Yep. Um, you have Andre Kuzmenko uh, in the second, getting uh, his 29th of the season. So staying right on pace with Patterson. Um, and that was on the power play. I don't remember. I don't remember what's the goals exactly. That one was a tip, that Kuzmenko goal. I remember okay. that for sure because yeah. there was a lot of talk about how his shooting percentage is like 27%. Um, but he tips a lot of bucks in and, and those don't usually get credited as shots for the player that tips it unless it goes in. Yes. Um, so Canucks have a lead after one, uh, Tavares opens the scoring, uh, with a power play goal for the Leafs in the third. So we are tied at a goal apiece, and then, yeah, we get a, um, a, a Phil Di Giuseppe high sticking penalty. And this is like right after Besser got high stick. I was at Besser. Got high- Someone got high sticked and was cut up pretty good. Okay. Um, and uh, they didn't get called. They got missed. And mm. then Canucks go the other way, and then they take a high sticking penalty. It's Di Giuseppe. And uh, this, the the Leafs just went in too deep and and got greedy, and the Canucks just capitalized on it. You have uh, an Elias Pettersson goal where he sort of gets sprung and. Um, sort of yeah. takes the goaltender out as he scores. And then you have, yeah, that was nice. and then you have JT Miller in uh, on a little two on one. And uh, yeah, it's uh, or I guess two on oh, sorry. I, I don't It's hard to remember these. They're both very similar goals. Um, we have basically two goals in 45 seconds or so uh, <laughs> shorthanded uh, was just, it took the wind completely out of the sails uh, of the Maple Leafs. Oh yeah. The PD one was a, uh, uh, two on one that turned into two on oh because riley was on the ice right. and uh, pd kind of used miller as his decoy and you're right and then the the miller one was a beautiful pass from pedersen from his own end and that was the one where it was uh basically a one on a breakaway yeah yeah right. like both yeah both really nice yeah and crazy and uh i'm so i'm sitting there at the bowling alley and i'm i'm getting all the not a lot but a few texts and seeing the tweets of oh my gosh this is great this is amazing two shorties and one and i i, I couldn't fathom it I mean, you mean we didn't give up give up two power play goals in no two shorties in forty seconds? Yeah. Crazy. Yep, it was uh, it was very entertaining. It was just stunned. Like all the Leafs fans they cut to were just stunned, uh, <laughs> which was very uh, very entertaining. And then five minutes later, the Canucks put it away, and it's it was the fourth line. Or not, I guess it's not really the fourth. Line. It's a weird line, right? Because yeah, it was, yeah, it was Besser, Di Giuseppe, and Amon on the ice. Yeah. Um, basically, Phil Di Giuseppe makes a beautiful play to steal the puck. Yeah, um, plays it over to Besser. Besser with a beautiful pass across the ice to Niels Oman. Uh, and Niels Oman has his third of the year. And Brock Besser, who has been, you know, not great, has 41 points now this year because wow. uh, he has 29 assists, right? He's becoming more of a playmaker to make up for, um, you know, the shot that he maybe doesn't doesn't have much of anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. shooting at 10%. But yeah, he's been uh, he's been making passes, and that was one of his best. and uh, And the Canucks had a four one lead at that point. And it was basically over. I presume you were you so a game like this again. We just kind of talked about this five minutes ago. Were you happy that the Canucks destroyed the Leafs, or were you reserved in your enthusiasm? I was happy in the way it happened. Yeah, um, I sort of went into this game as like, um, you know, for the better better of the team in the future, it's probably best if they lose this game. Uh, however, if they are going to pick one to win, this is the one to win, right? Uh, in That's front always of a national, my mindset. National when, audience, yeah. Like, I don't care that much if they lose to Nashville. I don't care if they much if they if they lose to Minnesota. That doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't it doesn't hurt, right? I don't know anyone that cheers for those teams, so I'm not going to get you know any flack or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Leafs, you know, it's they're a fun team to beat. Uh, oh, and yeah. especially when it is a fun hockey game with a fun atmosphere and the method in which they did it with those two shorthanded goals, just basically saying, yeah, you had a chance to take the lead and we just took the game away. Uh, mm-hmm. It was a very fun, very fun game. Um, so I was pretty, I was feeling pretty good. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. And you know, what's interesting. It's interesting. Um, 20 minutes in the show, we've crested over a hundred viewers and it's 10 after 11 so my theory is no matter what time we start, 20 minutes in, we reach our peaks, whether it's 10 o'clock, 1045. Like it's weird. Apparently. Um, I was worried you were going to say later. It seems to be better for us. And I, I, <laughs> well, I would love that, that, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, no Mondays, Mondays seem to be our, uh, our, our good, uh, our good time. Yeah, um, I'll talk to you off air, but next week's Gail's birthday. So, um, that doesn't mean the world stops, but, uh, we'll figure something out. Sounds good. Um, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll make a post or something on our page. Uh, I probably have hockey next week too. So we'll figure something out. Okay, so we may um, have to move to Tuesday next week. Okay. We'll figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Okay. Either way. Uh, can I yeah. play one more game yeah. earlier this week? Uh, it was against the wild. They lost two one. I didn't see it. Um, I was there and I can't remember it. Honestly. Um, I know Kaprizov's really good and he had yeah. many chances to get a hat trick. Uh, JT Miller horse called him uh, <laughs> when the, the net was empty to, to, to thwart his hat trick. Uh, Kaprizov's so good. He's so he's 30, 39 goals. Fantastic well, hockey player. Yeah. 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 That contract's that, already a bargain at 8 million a year. Yeah. That game was, the game was fine. The, 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 you look at the stats and, um, the effort you can you certainly can't blame the Canucks effort since Rick Tocket has taken over. I'm not saying that's a Boudreaux thing, but um, yeah, they, so they got all shot actually quite badly 3622, but they killed off five. That's what I remember. They killed off five wild uh, penalties, including power plays, including a five on three. So I heard a stat that coming in tonight's game, they were 16 out of the last 18 successful. So now it's 17 of the last 19. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah, still Absolutely. 68% or whatever, but. Yeah, that's it's not that's great, not but I, I yeah. think they're now no longer like going to be the worst of all time. Of all time, yes. Yeah, just recent memory. Nice to not be the worst of all time. Exactly. Something. All right, um, not bad. So two out of three. Yeah. Uh, which isn't you know I mean the the one saving grace is where the Canucks going to go the rest of the year without winning two games in a row. I mean, maybe, but the Canucks <laughs> haven't won. I think that's the stat was they hadn't won two games in a row since yeah. December, right? Which is absurd, right? That's that's over two months that they haven't won back to back games because they've just been bad, right? Yeah. Um, they basically yeah. the last eight games they had gone win loss, win loss, win loss. Um, so they get two wins in a row. Um, you know, it, it hurts the the standings if we take a look at the standings. Uh, Canucks are now seventh worst um, yep. in the league, uh, and they have leapfrogged Montreal after that win tonight. Yep. Um, so taking them from sixth to seventh. Uh, so one point ahead of Montreal. They're only two points back of Philly, two points back of St. Louis. Um, those are really the only two in reach. Right. And then below them, Montreal again, one point back. Arizona five, Anaheim seven. So there's starting to be a bit of a gap there. San Jose seven. Uh, mm-hmm. Chicago eight, uh, and Columbus a ton, uh, 11, it looks like. So, you know, it's starting to get much less realistic unless they really go on a hard skid here to fall much further than maybe sixth, maybe fifth. Yeah. Um, but those are just as likely as moving up to eighth. Um, it's interesting, Parker. You mentioned those lines, you're right? You mentioned Philly and St. Louis as teams that were right behind. We've beaten those two teams in the past eight games. The Canucks are actually they're. they're I'm just looking at it. They're five, two, and one in their last eight, including three of their last four, right? Because Dallas, they beat, then they lost to Minnesota, then they, they rattled off the last two. So they lost, they've won three out of the last four, or you could say four out of the last six, or five out of the last eight, which is, and then 11, you know, 11 points in those six, in those eight games, 11 out of 16. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Great and timing. A lot of great teams timing. Haven't been doing a great job of tanking, right? Most of these teams have been like winning five mm-hmm. or four or five every 10 games. Um, big things to look at though. Again, the Canucks strength, the schedule is pretty weak. Yeah. Right? They play Arizona twice. They play Chicago twice. Great. Uh, before the end of the year, they play Anaheim twice before the end of the year, starting with the game on Wednesday. No, they play yeah. Anaheim three times still this season. Like that's, that's a big swing, right? Let's say if Anaheim, it won't happen, but Anaheim goes three and zero against the Canucks in those games. And then that's a one point difference. Right. Right. Um, but if the Canucks win all three of those games, then it's over. Uh, you're not getting much. You're not going down very far. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some, you know, and Bruce sort of said it when he got, you know, let go that, like, yeah, the Canucks, you know, looking at the schedule, I understand why now was the time I was let go. Cause it's going to look pretty good <laughs> on the new coach uh, with this, the strength of schedule. I mean, the Canucks had, uh, as of, I think, about two weeks ago, the worst strength of schedule remaining in the NHL. Um, that doesn't mean nothing, right? You know, you, you, when you're playing teams that are beatable for you, like Nashville, right? A a pretty even opponent when, especially when you're factoring that the Canucks are on home ice, 
um, you know, they're going to win those games half the time and uh, it's going to hurt. And you and I have said that we think the Canucks are going to wind up sixth worst at 27th or seventh worst at 26, probably in there. There's no way yeah, you just outlined it very well. There's no way they're going to be as bad as Arizona, Anaheim, Columbus, Colorado, uh, sorry, Columbus, Chicago, or San Jose. And they're going to be battling Montreal and Philly for that sixth, seventh, eighth worst spot now. Yeah. 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 So, okay. So Canucks fans, um, be ready for it without the actual lottery balls being picked. We hear, keep hearing about this top five of whatever order you want to put in under Bedard and then Mishkov, Carlson, Fantilli, and uh, I'm missing one. I, uh, I always say the top five, and I can never think of the fifth guy. Mm. Yeah. I heard there's five really good guys, and there's some other really good ones too, but I hear I keep hearing the big five, but how come I can only name four of them? Okay. Well, I'll, I'll get better for next time. <laughs> no worries. Um, I, we should probably go then go to the big news of the week. Yeah. Right. And that's the trade that happened. Um, when was that? That was Wednesday, March first. Mm. Uh, and that was a bit of a, a bit of a surprise. Um, not if you go with what they have said, you know, management has said, but if you had gone by their recent actions of, you know, getting rid of some players for some draft picks. Uh, they take one of those draft picks, the one that they used to acquire Bo Horvat, or, or get rid of Bo Horvat. They got for him, uh, and they turn around and flip it to the Detroit Red Wings alongside a second round pick, uh, yeah. in return for Philip Ronick and a fourth round pick. Um, fourth round pick, I don't care about. Second, I do a bit because that's going to be mm-hmm. probably a pick in the you know high thirties, which you can still you know find some players in. Um. I mean, your initial thoughts, you, you see this come down. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I was all over the place because when I first, I actually didn't know a lot about Ronick, to be honest with you. I, I didn't, I knew he was okay, but I, I didn't know much about him. Then when I watched highlights, I'm like, man, this guy's got a bomb of a shot. This guy's good. This guy could be the right. I love it. Contract 25 years old. Still got one more year before he's an RFA, not even a UFA. So that part lines up nicely. But then, of course, we have to talk about the the what we gave up to get him and the fact that it flew in the face of all the other good moves they're making. Stillman out you know, for, for uh, Bloom and then, yeah, Crafts out, all these things. And I get that you have to give up quality to get quality. So I, I'm kind of one of those, Parker, where I, I didn't mind it then I kind of got swayed by a lot of the, the people online that, Oh, this is bad. And then I said, then I, then I have to do a vlog saying, okay, I'm not saying that I disagree with you, but what I'm saying is this is why the Canucks made the trade and the Canucks made right. this trade. Cause they think this could be their right hand shot guy for the next, for years to come. Yeah. And yeah, when you break it down, you know, you yeah. look at um, the player they're getting, and you can look at it as, okay, well, they're getting a, a player who's having, you know, who's playing very well. He's a 25-year-old right shot D-man. He's the guy, the partner for Quinn Hughes that's not Luke Shen, right? The partner mm. for Quinn Hughes that's going to be the partner for years to come. And that is yeah. a player that the Canucks need to have, right? Straight up. They they need that guy. Um, yes. And then you, but then you can also look at it as, well, he's having a career year. You know, who knows if he regresses back to more of what he was last year. Um, his second half of the season stats haven't been that good, although that has been since he started playing with Ben Sherratt, which like you that you can look at that game that he started playing with Ben Sherratt and see the tail off. So that's probably not helping. Um, and you say, yeah, he's an RFA next year. But you know what that means? That means that he's going to go for making whatever it is he makes now. Four million dollars, I think. Yeah. To, you know, maybe six, maybe seven, maybe more. Right. And now for a team that's already capped out, that's 26th in the NHL. Mm. That gets a little scary because they already are above the cap for next year effectively. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't, they don't have money to, to spend. um, So they are going to have their work cut out for them over the off season. So the player, if he is who the Canucks think he is, and if he is, Quinn Hughes, right D partner for years to come. That's fantastic. And if he is that player, well, I mean, when he's 32, they can trade him probably for a first round pick, right? Like they're going to, he's, he's one of those typical players that ideally you're not losing too much in the long run. Mm -hmm. However, 
this is a team that has never drafted many players. Like they've always had fewer draft picks than you start with. And I, I think the real problem is one, it's the same thing that, you know, it's it's trading a first round pick for a, a player and, and hoping it works out, right? Whether it's McCann for good Branson, whether it's, you know, very similar, uh, obviously much different style of player, but, you know, uh, a high touted pick slash prospect for, uh, you know, a 25-ish year old defenseman uh, or for Oliver Ekman Larson, which was a first for Garland, basically. Uh, and now this one, you know, it's more of the same with a lot. And every time we've done it before, it hasn't worked. Um so that's one side of it. Um, the other side of it is you look at what other teams are doing, right? This has been the busiest trade deadline week in a long time. And if you go to the Arizona Coyotes cap friendly page and you see that they have uh, two first round picks this year, four third round picks this year, uh, two fifths, two sixths, you go to next year, they have one first, but they have four seconds, mm. three thirds. And the year after in 2025, they have one first and four seconds and yeah. two thirds. And you can do the same thing with a team like Chicago, where you see that they have two firsts this year, two firsts next year, two firsts in 2025, <laughs> four second round picks this year, two seconds next year, two seconds in 2025, two thirds this year, two thirds next year. Like they have accumulated so many picks for this this retool that they're undergoing slash rebuild um, that the Canucks are so adamant against doing that it's you kind of look and be like, wow, that's that might be fun, right? To see yeah. what that could turn into. And it could miss. Everything could miss. You know, they they could they could whiff on every single one of those picks. It's possible, but you know, it's also possible that Philip Philip Ronick turns back into a 35 point defenseman that should be a number four, not a number two, right? Yeah, like yeah. It, it is theoretically possible because that's what he was two years ago. Yeah. Uh, and last year he was, you know, sort of in the middle of where he was two years ago where he is now. So maybe he is just developing really well this last year, uh, or maybe it's a one-off. We don't know. Um, you know, there's always risk no matter what. You make such a good point about the the quantity and quality, quite frankly, of the draft picks because before the heroic trade, we were bragging that we had seven picks in the first four rounds, two first rounders, one second, two thirds, two fourths, seven in the first four. Then after that trade, where we're trading away a first and a second and get a, a third back. Now we're looking at only six in the, four, but the, the split now is one, one shift two two. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, no, sorry. One zero uh, three, two. Yeah. So um, that's a big difference. It's a big difference to have uh, two first rounders and a second now to only have one first rounder. Yeah. And, and the other big thing is, you know, the, it, when we're talking about, when everyone is talking about this being the most talented deep draft in a long time, mm-hmm. right. You know, that, that makes it hurt all that much more, right. It's like, yeah, they still have their first round pick, but I mean, wouldn't it be nice to have a, a bunch more, right. Yep. Uh, you know, to have a couple more uh, theoretically. I mean, sure. you look back to some of those, more historic drafts, right? I think 2005 is the one that everyone looks at, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's just stacked all the way down uh, <laughs> and you're getting players late in the first and, and into the second that are, you know, absolute star players. Um, if this is a draft like that, you know, when we're talking about that Islanders pick that gets moved, you know, we're talking about right now, that's what around the 17 range, that draft pick, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's pretty pretty important um and the second round picks nothing to scoff at either right yes that's gonna be you know 39 40th overall yes where you might get a a you know you might get a player who plays 200 games you might get a player who plays 1200 games right Mm -hmm. um and again the odds aren't that high for that but guess what if you have more shots at it you're gonna hit more often than uh than uh if you didn't so that's why it hurts, and I still see why they did it. I don't hate the move, but I also don't love it. Yeah, you're right. And and not only, as you said, the more lottery tickets uh, and the more shots in the dark, but you could draft picks are currency, so they are trade chips. They are anything. It, the more you have, the better you you can use them to to do something different. And this was the year where, in, as you said, in such a deep draft. 
the Canucks could, even if they don't make their own picks, they package these two to move up a little bit, or they package these three to get another one, whatever they wanted to do. And they just simply have less flexibility now. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And and again, like we said, it doesn't even really loop in the, the cap part of it, right? Yep. That's sort of the third component is, you know, you look at, you look at their cap commitment for next season. And uh, I, I, let's see if I can have it right here. Um, the Canucks are projected for next season as it stands right now. And that's, but you know, that's with Kravtsov as an RFA that's with, um, you know, uh, basically everyone who's not signed now, not being yeah. signed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the Canucks are projected to have under a million dollars in cap space next year. What under with, wow. With 29 contracts signed. They are. They have a cap hit already set up at eighty-two point five 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 million. So they have under nine hundred and fifty grand of cap space next year. Like that can't stay that way, right? You have to find a way to get rid of like the last year that Tyler Myers contract, mm-hmm. right? They have three defensemen under contract next year. Mm-hmm. They have Hughes, Myers, and and Ronick, and, <laughs> and I guess OEL. Uh, I didn't count him, but he's listed under IR here. Right, right, right. So I didn't see him. But that's with Ethan Bear as an RFA, right? They probably want to keep that guy. He's he's been pretty good, um, mm-hmm. and, and that's and then again, you still have a couple more defensemen you have to sign, um, and yeah, and obviously Kraftsov, you probably want to keep him after you traded for him, and uh, you know it's uh, they they have some work to do. Yeah, and interesting you mentioned the wingers, um, Parker, because let's presume Pearson does come back to play. You have basically nine wingers that are technically battling for six spots. So the top three lines, I'm not talking about about centers, just the wingers itself. So that's why people were hoping for a Besser move or a Garland move because Besser, Garland, Kuzmenko, Podkolzin, Kratsov, Beauvillier, Pearson. So there's seven already. Um, I must be missing a couple. Yeah. Hoglander's eight. And they're all making decent chunks of money, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, you know, even make the like same, like in the low end of that, but like yeah. Garland makes five, Besser makes almost seven. Yeah. 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 No, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, yeah. uh, you know, I, I think I've said it here. I know I've said it on my own show, Parker. I, I, whether you call it reserving judgment or not rushing to judgment, I did want to see what this management did after a full year, including now it, for them, it will be two trade deadlines, two free agent classes and two, two entry drafts. And I'm not trying to give them a pass. I'm just trying to say, I want to see, because who knows, maybe by when you walk into the training camp next summer, this team looks vastly different with a buyout here, a trade there. So I thought they were doing great during to the trade deadline. And the Hornet wants a bit of speed bump. It's, to me, it's not the biggest fall ever, but um, it, it was a bit of a bump for sure. And, and you know, one thing I said uh, on my video was, you know, it's as the first thing I said is you can make all these small Good moves, right? Yes. You know, getting Josh Bloom, uh, trading Luke Shen for a third, uh, picking up Kravtsov for Will Lockwood, right? Mm-hmm. All these small incremental moves that that make your team marginally better. You do that enough times, you have a good team. But it only takes one larger move to completely offset that and more, right? Right. Yes. Like this was; those were minor moves that are just like, yep, free small win, right? That's great. But this one has the potential to really hurt, right? Like the Oliver Ekman Larson and Connor Garland trade did, um, which I I said right off the bat, and we we both did that. Like that's this screams, you know, panic, and you know they're trying to make a big splash, and most likely it's not going to work. Well, it hasn't, and you know this is one of those ones where like you know we better hope this guy's a good hockey player, uh, and and but also doesn't cost the team eight million dollars a year if he puts up you know, 65 points next year. Right. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's a weird balance that the Canucks have now put themselves in uh, with the cap, the way it is. So defense, they need more forwards. They have too many goaltenders. That might be the only one that might be straightforward a little bit. You have Demko for three more years after this. Seelaw probably one more year in Abbotsford as well as he's playing. Now you have Martin under contract for one more year. We'll see how much confidence they have in him. And maybe they bring in, one more guy to battle to make it like a five horse. I don't know what you call it. It Maybe seems. Just... Yeah. I feel, I feel like they're probably bringing in the veteran backup for yeah. next year. Who's even older. Right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they want to make the playoffs next year. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Mm-hmm. They want, and I mean, surely that'd be fun. I'd love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and they hey, look if Thatcher Demko's healthy the whole year. You have Elias Pettersson putting up ninety points. You have Quinn Hughes probably putting up seventy-five points, right? Uh, JT Miller has been playing much better this last the last few weeks than he was earlier in the season. Um, you know, you get good years at all those guys. You get Philip Ronick playing in there. You know, this is a team that could be third or fourth in the Pacific next year, right? Sort of where we thought the Canucks would be this year. Yeah. Um, but that would require, you know, you're wanting a, a 915 from Thatcher Demko, right? Yeah. It, it's a team that's capable, Joe. I'm not saying they will. I don't think they will. But, you know, they might have a 35% chance coming into the year of making the playoffs. Um, and that seems to be what this team is pushing for, which, as we've always said, that's not that shouldn't be the end goal, right? The end goal is uh, Stanley yeah. Cup, not, uh, not four playoff games. And I know you've listened. I don't know if you still do, Parker. I know you've listened to VanCast before. We know a lot about Thomas Drance's work, Farhan Lodge's work, but in the most recent VanCast, um, the second one of the you know one of the top five podcasts out there after Connects After Dark, they um they did say Thomas Drance actually and and Farhan Lodge did and even Harm Dial did say that they would not be surprised if the Connects were a playoff team next year. They didn't say they will be. But they also didn't flat out say there's no way this this team won't be because yes, a healthy Demko and there there are really good players on here. PD Hughes, now they they want Hronik to be in that and, and Miller and Kuzmenko. But is there enough around them? And that's always the problem. That's why you and I are predicting them to finish third or fourth, and they're sitting they're only in six because there's two teams even worse than them in our division. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at you look at some of these other teams that are that are sort of in the hunt, right? Like. If the Canucks had a season like the Sens did this year, next year, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, like right now, the Sens are three points out of a playoff spot and, and in the mix, and you know, they go out and they get they get Chikrin and and you know, they they have a chance at least of getting in, right? Mm-hmm. Or like Detroit has done this year, or the you know Seattle this year, right? The Canucks could, you know, Winnipeg even, right? Winnipeg was sort of on the tail end of their push, and you know, they get a new coach, and they've been much better uh, since getting rid of Maurice. So yeah, the Canucks could very reasonably like be one of those teams next year. The problem is yeah. they're not going to be the Boston next year, right? They're not going to be yeah. Boston. They're not going to be Tampa. They're not going to be Toronto. They're not going to be, you know, Vegas. Um, they're just not. So it means, you know, there's only a few spots left after that where all these other teams are competing for, you know, five, six, seven, eight in the conference. Um, when you know there's going to be the 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 that are that all miss, right? So it's, yeah, um, yeah, they, they definitely could make the playoffs next year. I, I just think you know, it, they're it's going to be by the skin of their teeth, yes. And then for what to get bounced in the first round? And, and there's a lot of people in the chat that are pretty angry, not at us, Parker, but they're, they're angry that the that um, Rutherford and Alvin think that the Canucks could be close to a playoff spot because obviously that. Uh, prohibits them from entering to a full rebuild. Now, there's the argument then, well, Quinn Hughes has flat out said, and as we would expect, that he doesn't want to be around for rebuild. You're trying to show PD, who could sign an extension this summer, that we are building a winner here. So, there, it's it's not as easy to say as Ackley wants to win. Of course he wants to win, but I think there's, there's many layers, but that's why it's so frustrating. It can be convoluted, and that's why there's such a diverse... Um, I guess a varied opinion among Canucks fans, and we're seeing it in the chat too. I know there's people like Japan Four and and John Claude Van Dam who's in the chat. That's weird. Don't beat us up, but they're they're. I can see it. And I, I understand it. I, I wouldn't use the same language they're using, but I I understand it for sure. I really do. And then uh, and they might think I'm a sucker for spending so much time us for spending so much time and energy and and even money for sometimes on this club, but. Uh, you know, teach his own, of course. But I, th- I think yeah. that's the that's the that's the challenge, and that's why this market is never dull and never void of opinion. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the players are dumb, right? I think they like, <laughs> you know, I look at a team that I'd want to, you know, replicate. I mean, the Rangers are an easy answer, but they got a bunch of players for free, right? They got Panarin for free, basically. They got Fox for free because um, they wanted to play there. But I look at a team like New Jersey, right? You look at New Jersey where they, you know, they 2017-18, they were a playoff team. Yeah. And then they were pretty bad the next year and then they they tanked, right? They they won 19 games in that uh that shortened season, they won 28 games the year before. Um and then even you even last season they won 27 hockey games. 
And what do they get out of that? They get Jack Hughes. They they you know acquire a bunch of a bunch of young good players, and now they're third in the league by points percentage, mm-hmm. right? And just yeah. by points. You know they won forty one games this year, while the Canucks have won what is it twenty six, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think the players know that like how it works. And if you say, yeah, we're going to be like, Hey, we're bad this year, but we get a really good player. That's going to step in the lineup. And then maybe one more bad year, we get one more good player. And then we start, you know, filling in the pieces around him, like, you know, New Jersey has done. Um, But it's, it's that middle part, right. Where the Canucks have been, where they're picking, you know, ninth, 10th, 11th, that sort of area. And they seem like they're probably going to be around there again. Right. Six, seven, eight. Um, that you know you're getting NHL caliber hockey players that you can sort of get any you're not getting stars right because stars don't move in the NHL they just mm-hmm. don't right there's been all the talk about oh Austin Matthews is going to go back to Arizona eventually or whatever like probably not you know most yeah. stars stay with the teams they're on for their careers right it's just it's just sort of the way it is you you know you don't see many you know Sidney Crosby has been where he's been forever mcdavid's been where he's been forever you know joe sakic was in colorado forever like all these guys that were in one place for the majority of their career you know connor bedard might you know he's from vancouver and and he won't get drafted by vancouver but you think the year he turns ufa is going to come here probably not even as much as we might like to think that you know it just doesn't happen all that much Mm -hmm. no everything you said is right and i i and yeah, especially the way the contracts are set up in the NHL, where technically, if you if you play your cards right, mo- usually you go with a three year contract, ELC, a three year contract, and then the six years, and you then you have the decision then to either sign for a year and then let them walk or six year, whatever. But and, and Matthew Kachuk is probably the only player that, um, in recent memory, has in essence forced uh, right. the team's hand. And I I don't worry, and I don't think hockey experts are worried that Petey's going to do it here or that it's going to become rampant. That was the exception as opposed to the norm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. Wow. Uh, the only thing we didn't talk about was the Luke Shen trade. Luke Shen for a third. Yeah, what do you think? It had to be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, and the one that the only one that broke while you're gone, and you're probably happy that no, I don't know. I, I can't speak for you, but a minor trade, Lazar too to New Jersey. Right. Yeah. yeah. For a fourth, right? You got it. Yeah. Yeah, fine with that too. I mean, I liked the Lazar signing a lot, a million bucks yeah. for three years, and and based on the player he had been the past year, um, that seemed like a a, a great deal. Because um, if he was just going to be a, a staple on your fourth line for a million bucks for three years, that's great, and he was going to be a solid impact. Wasn't as good here as he was previously, and just didn't fit. Yeah. So it's too bad. You know, you get out of it. You get out of the million bucks for the, for the last two years. You pick up a fourth, yeah. which is great. Um, you know, no real qualms here. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, as we wind up here, I, I know one thing you and I've talked about and, and we've seen it now is this management team is not afraid to move off of guys. Not, I don't want to say they don't like, but they, they're not afraid to move off of guys. Lockwood yeah. gone, right? Stillman gone. Lazar gone. So as Shen, um, so that, that's my point. It's not guys they don't like, but they're not afraid to actually move guys. Horvat obviously so look at that we've just named like a third of the team um almost five or six skaters there that that are started the season with the team except for lockwood but that's a lot yep completely and it, it it's a yeah. little scary right because you know you look at these guys as, as pieces of the team for a long time but you look at a guy like besser and it's like i'm still scared of a besser trade because like yeah. he feels like he could really make an impact somewhere um and if that's not here that that sucks but um you know, I, I worry that they're not going to get the value that maybe they should. Um, same with Connor Garland, right? It's like it's sunken cost yeah. fallacy, which I, I'm usually very against. But you know that that first round pick that we traded for him, Dylan Gunther, basically, um, I would I would hate to see us trade Connor Garland for a, a, a third and just to get rid of the contract and him go over and put up 65 points somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, you know, it's true, it's true. I, I don't, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the thing, you know, obviously we, we all have our opinions on wh- how the team should do it. I see it in the chat tonight, which is great. A lot of, a lot of great um, feed, um, conversation in the chat, but, and it, it's, it, I'm not trying to take the easy way out and say, Oh, it's a lot harder to be a owner and uh, not owner GM than, than we can think. And not everyone can do it. We don't know what's happening in the room, but uh, I, I am, 
I'm confident that they are trying to improve the team. I'm confident that they have mm-hmm. their big spreadsheets and whiteboards and they're doing everything they can. But I also think it's very hard to move money and move and, and find money in the NHL this year. So if if the rumored OEL buyout happens, I'll be very surprised and quite impressed, frankly, if, if that happens. Um, but I guess we got all, all summer to talk about that, those kind of things. Yeah. And it will be a lot of a lot of summer talking about stuff like that for sure. <laughs> um, folks, next week, like we said, we'll we'll figure it out. It will probably be a Tuesday show. Um, and it will feel like it's one hour earlier because the clocks do go forward on Sunday. Oh, I forgot um, about that. Yes, I'm looking forward to it because that starts to mean afternoon golf uh, back in the uh, back in the mix. The only negative um, is we lose an hour of sleep, right? On one night. It's a weekend, though. I can just sleep in. Oh, yeah. Good point. Um, all right, folks. If you enjoyed this episode, you can rewind back to the beginning. I know it's late, though, so maybe tomorrow morning you want to listen to the podcast uh, on your commute or just wherever you are. Uh, or, of course, you can just save this uh, on YouTube and, and watch it later. Um, as all, I mean, Clay, any parting words tonight? Uh, well, uh, th- Parker, thank you. Truly, thank you for making the effort. This is an hour later than usual for you. <laughs> You're on vacation, which is, I think, the bigger point. And uh, and um, we still want to hear you bust some rhymes with that dope mic that you have. <laughs> That's not going to happen. As for me, yeah, in my familiar, con- this is my second place where I stream from is well, actually my third behind my car. But yeah, I'm happy to, that we were able to pop on. I'm happy that we were able to make it work because we knew uh, coming off an exciting win, even if it's not what some fans wanted, and especially uh, an eventful trade deadline week, we knew we wanted to bring a show to you guys. But you're right, next week, if you have hockey, and I know it's my lovely wife's birthday, we're probably calling it now that it's likely going to be Tuesday, March the 14th that we do our show. Yeah, I, I think I have hockey Monday and Wednesday. So Tuesday would Perfect. make sense. And uh, it will be a post game. Yes, the Canucks play at 7 p.m. against the Dallas Stars. Um, should be a loss, hopefully. Um, and uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. Sounds good. Sounds good. And then lastly, any predictions? So how many games we got this week? We got three uh, Ducks Wednesday, Sens Saturday, Stars Tuesday. Uh, I'm going for a nice one and two. I'm going really against those guys. Oh, I I'm guess hoping Sens, they Sens are beat, good. I'm hoping they lose. I'm hoping they lose to Anaheim because Anaheim is in the, the race there. Yeah. I think they beat the Sens. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they probably lose to Dallas. Okay. I'm going triple ones. One, one, one. Also fair. All right, folks, have a good night. We will, uh, you know, hit like while you're still here. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, But other than that, have a lovely rest of your week, and we'll see you later.